I'm so excited to have my next guest on the show today, the beautiful and the diversely talented Monique Gunaratne. Gunaratna? Gunaratna. Gunaratna. Yay! Um, some of you might be familiar with Monique. She's starred in Neighbours. She's also starred in some amazing Hollywood blockbusters like The Lion, um, the new one, which my brother said, you need to remember this. This is a really popular one. Uh, Mortal Engines. Yeah. So there's heaps to cover today. But welcome to the show. And thank you so much for coming to see me here oh, in South Melbourne. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited too. So we've bonded over tea. We have. Okay. I did talk about Singapore breakfast tea, which then I uh, shot myself in the foot because we'd run out. So <laughs> it is a great tea. You have to come back to try that I'll one I'll have next. to come back just for the tea. Yeah, <laughs> just for the tea. But let's. Let's jump into it. So tell me how you, you've started your career at a very, very young age, mm-hmm. I believe. I think, was it four or five? Well, I played, yes. The, I would, lived in Papua New Guinea at that time and yeah. I got the role as the wild boar in the kindergarten Easter uh, kindergarten Easter play. So, oh you know, <laughs> very coveted role. So <laughs> that's where the acting button yeah. And then you fell in love with acting and performing. I mean, I've always, it's its so strange because to me, I was a really shy kid. And so to me, acting was this way of me breaking out of my shell and being able to be something that I couldn't, I, I was too scared to be in my real life. So for me, acting wasn't about the attention or the, you know, all of that stuff. It was just a way for me to cathartically be able to express the emotions that I was too afraid to express in real life. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And that, what a great opportunity. Yeah. So then you you've cu- then you come to Australia, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so I was born in England. Yeah. We moved to Papua New Guinea and I started school in Papua New Guinea and then we moved to Australia when I was eight. That's right, because your dad was doing a lot of work, um, humanitarian work and, and obviously environmental work. For, was it Sri Lanka? Correct me if I'm wrong here. No, so he is um, uh, he's a chemical engineer, but okay. he does a lot of uh, stuff with climate change. This is uh-huh. before climate change was a big thing. Yes. <laughs> so yes. we did a lot of travelling to third world countries because he had he did a lot of work with, um, with the energy boards of these countries to kind of show them how to use energy effectively and how to install... Light, you know, the, the the lighting structures and the the way that you you know your buildings are and things like that, so that they could be more you know more efficient. efficient. Yeah, that's fantastic. And how diverse for you to travel all over the world and see so many disproportionate parts of the world as well, and then you know then coming and settling in Australia. So you settle in Australia, yeah, in Melbourne, in Melbourne. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. What school did you go to? I went to Holy Family in Mount Waverley oh, and Avila College in Mount Waverley in Phuket. <laughs> How was that? So tell me your experience that. So you've travelled the world, you settle in Australia and all of a sudden you've got this little routine going and and then, you know, you're. I'd imagine you're probably one of very few Sri Lankan kids in the class too at the time. So that would have been a huge change as well. Well, I was thinking about this and it actually I because we travelled to all these different countries and I actually started school in Papua New Guinea, I went to an international school. So I went to a school full of expats. So for me not be like there, it, it was normal for me to see other people around who didn't look like me and also then f- not f- like feel like oh, there wasn't anybody else like me. So yeah. to come into Australia, it was a slow burn with that idea that I wasn't like everybody else because I'd come with this mentality of like, well, no one looks like me when I go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it was a bit um, more of a slow burn and it wasn't really until I started like it was in my pre-teens and teens when I was watching TV and 
having crushes on Jonathan Brandis and this person <laughs> and that person and going, oh, the girls that they like on the, on the shows don't look like me. Actually, no one really looks like me, you know, compared to the boys that I like. So I think for me, it was when I was a teenager that that whole idea of me being different kind of came into play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so how did you transition? So did you always want to be, did you always want to get into the acting kind of realm and the the writing? Because you're also a screenwriter as well. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to get into that realm or was it something that kind of transpired and kind of grew? Always wanted to do it. Oh, really? <laughs> but, and I remember my dad because Sri Lankan parents. Why don't you want to be a doctor? Yes. Well, <laughs> like, so I was in, I was in a high school and I'm like, oh, dad, could I do some acting classes outside of school? And he was like, oh, no, no, darling, you just wait until you finish high school and then we can talk about it. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Finished high school. So, Dad, can I, can I, what, what do you think? Acting classes? Oh, no, no, finish, finish university, get your degree and then we can talk about it. But when I got into university, I got into arts commerce. So I okay. did, um, I did, I did accounting. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. And I did performing arts. Okay. So, all of my all of my exams clashed because no one would do you know who does that no <laughs> one that? but uh, anyway but yeah. another Sri Lankan child that wants to become a singer yeah. songwriter yeah keep her parents happy by having that degree right? hey, listen it doesn't it, it extends to uh, I think a lot of immigrants for you know kind of mentality I know when I was growing up and I'm Eastern European and I remember my parents I, I had the I got into the school drama play. And I entertained the idea, oh, maybe I could do this. And then it was quickly squashed. (laughs) Because my parents were like, no. I didn't travel halfway across (laughs) the world to work in a factory with a degree so that you can possibly get a job. No, no, you need to go to school. Yeah. Anyway, but it was it was just the way it's that mentality, which is fine. But it's great to see that I actually quite I th- I think it's quite humbling too because you kind of really do respect how much your parents have sacrificed to come and to provide you with an opportunity to get educated and what have you. So be able to get getting a double degree, commerce, yeah, you know, and arts is is great. So you venture off into the in the realm of arts. So tell me about your first kind of role that you played other than when you were in Papua New Guinea as an adult. So how did that, how did that come about? Well, I had to, I really had to fumble my way through it because I didn't have, you know, my dad's an engineer my mum worked in a bank. Okay. And so none of my, none of our circle of friends and family were in the entertainment industry. So it really was just me fumbling my way through what to do. So I, you know, I was doing drama at university. I was doing courses outside of that for, you know, screen test courses, meet casting directors, all that kind of stuff, all the things that I, th- I thought I should be doing. And from that, I got an agent. So I did the thing of getting the extras agent and learning what it's like to be on set. And then from there, my first role was actually on Neighbours as well. I played, oh, like, wow. before I came back and prayed Priya, I played an Indian backpacker. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's actually groundbreaking. It's it's actually, and it is, we kind of, we don't realise it because Neighbours is predominantly, you know, and I don't want to use the word, you know, white, but it is predominantly, uh, and we've always known it for even me growing up as a child, kind of, like I said to you earlier, I stopped watching it when Kylie and Jason Donovan left. Yeah, <laughs> that's how old I am. Um but you know, you know, there there isn't. They're starting to in the last. I feel like ten years has been a bit more inclusivity in 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 the acting. And I don't. And I'd never really thought about it up until I started kind of researching and digging a little bit more about you. Kind of going, oh, actually, that's so true. Is it because there weren't, um, you know, uh, actors from other cultural cultures, you know, applying for the position, or is it just the way it is? And it was interesting to see. 
even reading about you and and your new um, uh, kind of short film that you're you're, you're co-starring with mm-hmm. a rival, but now a really good friend Yasmin. Um, that it is kind of a bit of a, a a thing in the entertainment industry. You know, if you're um, you know a, an actor of a different um, background or color or race mm-hmm. and what have you, um, and you're consciously working towards kind of breaking those barriers. And I feel like jumping onto Neighbours, yeah. you did that. Brilliantly, because the, the the Indian and the Sri Lankan community were like, yes, yeah, no, it was really big in England as well. I yeah, think massive. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's a common misconception that the reason that you don't see diversity on screen is because there isn't the actors out there. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's not that because it starts from the writers and the producers and the gatekeepers because it's the gatekeepers who who ultimately made that decision to go, okay, well, this person could be white, but why can't they be African or why can't they be Greek? Why can't they be this? Why can't they be that? And that's their decision to make. And for a long time, the argument was that <clears throat> that we didn't sell, that we weren't marketable, that we weren't commercial enough, that we wouldn't get eyes on screen. But I think we've <laughs> we've come a long way from there and proved that, no, actually people do want to see diverse faces on screen. And actually the most successful shows and especially TV shows are the ones that reflect the demographic um, accurately. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I I would watch something that has a bit more diversity in it. I'm not interested in 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 a vanilla cast, if I if you call it that. Mm-hmm. You know, not and it's no disrespect to anyone because we've got some amazing actors. You know, from from all eggs of life. But I, I feel like it's more relatable to me. Mm-hmm. Like um, when um, Bender with Beckett came out. It was, I think I've watched that movie about a million times, one of my favourite movies, because it's so relatable. The yeah. families, the the young girls struggling, wanting to do soccer, the, the cultural aspects. And it's like, oh my God, we're not, we're not Indian background, but it's like. It's the same, same thing, right? It's the it's same, same thing. thing. All my mum cares about is who, who I'm getting married to, what I'm going to wear, what the relatives are going to say. And it, and, and it is, and it's kind of. It, it it it's um it's charming and it's beautiful and it's real. It's what you know we all kind of or not all of us but some of us experience and it's nice to to capture that on screen um and and what have you. So how did so you so you jump on neighbours and that's like how did your family actually? What did they say? Like I'm intrigued. Oh well, so my I mean they don't understand it and they still don't quite get it. Like I remember my dad, but he wants to support it, right? Like he he does want to support it. I remember him once before I got neighbours. This was when I was a bit younger. Um, he sat with me one day and he's like, he had a little, he wanted to draw a little graph. <laughs> oh, love it. Engineer, right? Graphs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, darling. So you look at me, right? I had, I went to university and then I got a job that was here, right? And I had more training than, than my, and then I got another job and I moved up and up and up the chain. So see how my, my line my trajectory, my trajectory is going up. He's like, you have done all this training and this is you, flat line. <laughs> Oh no, that's the best. <laughs> that's how like dad. It doesn't really matter. Like it's all about opportunity and like the, the right <laughs> So it's like I don't get it. So when we did, when I did finally get neighbours, that was a big thing for my parents. Where, where they actually realised, oh, this can pay off, right? This is the first time I was earning good money. I was, you know, front and centre on this show that they could tell their friends about. So. For them, it was really validating as well to see. Okay, yeah. we we can we can trust that my, my our daughter knows what she's doing, and she's yeah. not going to end up in the gutter. Yeah, <laughs> with nothing, no hopes, no anything. But you know, that's so they were they were they were really supportive. The funny thing though was um, 
the story of me getting neighbours is I was about to get married. So my husband and I were about to, we were like, screw Australia. Well, I was, screw Australia. I'm not getting any work here. Let's go, you know, let's go live in England for a little while and see how we go because I was born there. I have the passport. So we were like, we got engaged and we thought, let's have our wedding quickly so that we can move to London and not have to come back for a wedding and not have to come back for all that stuff. So we planned our wedding, <laughs> quit our jobs, <laughs> bought our tickets, sold our stuff, moved in with my husband's dad. And then the couple of days before we got married, I got the neighbours wrong. <laughs> oh. So, they, oh. so the whole thing about us having our, our wedding in winter was, uh, well, we're going to be moving to London. So everyone Let's hurry up and get this. Get this and so the whole theme of the wedding was like, well, they said they were moving and now they're not. So now they're staying. Now they're so, staying. So now we can, ha- did you still end up having the wedding? We had the wedding because we, it was three days before, so we couldn't not have the wedding. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Paid all that money. Oh. Um, so, yeah, we got married and then moved out of my um, my father-in-law's house because we weren't just moving to London and then found another place and started again. Started again. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a story. That's amazing. Mm. So how long were you in London for? Did you so – you, We didn't end up going, you, you so we, up going at all. We went for our honeymoon. So the idea – You went for the honeymoon. We went for the honeymoon back. and came back. Yeah. Fantastic. And then you, when, you ca- when you came back here, there was a bit of a struggle, I guess. I was reading about your entertain- in the entertainment industry here in Australia. So you thought, you know what, I'm going to go overseas. Yes. And, uh, yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't happening. I wasn't getting, you know, it was that frustrating thing of like you see other people getting the kind of roles that you would like to get. Like I, for a while there, before I met my husband and when I was like younger and, you know, being a, a, you know, a working actor or trying to work, my, my flatmate was a white man and he also was in the, you know, he was an actor and I'd see him go out for five auditions a week. And I get one every couple of months and it's like, what is this? Like, I could be this person. I could be the girl next door, but you're not seeing that. Why aren't you seeing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think because of the the idea that there was an opportunity for me here, I thought, well, let's try London, which is a bigger city, more diverse, a, a, a larger um, entertainment industries. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because I had the passport, I'm like, well, let's go there and just see how we see how it works. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't end up in London, but you do end up in L.A., um, and you're there for a little while. Yeah, just a and, little while. Yeah, just a little while. And then you're working on these amazing, amazing blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And you're working alongside Nicole Kidman and Hugo Weaving and, you know, a plethora of actors that, you know, I only see and go, wow. And so t- how does how does that happen, you know? Um, you've gone, you've done your neighbour stunt, you've loved it, you've enjoyed it, it's great. You're building your name, and then you go, okay, let's go LA. Yeah, and then you land these amazing roles. How how transformative is that? A number one, as an actor, and two, as an individual. Like, walk me through it. Well, I mean, LA was always the end goal. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because of how big the industry is, and it really is like a natural progression. Everyone does neighbours, and then goes to LA and see how you go. Well, look at Margot Robbie; she comes back. <laughs> and well, exactly. <laughs> look at her now. Yeah. And the wonderful thing, actually, I was on Neighbours just that she that she as she left yeah yeah so it was wonderful to also see all the cast and crew were still her friends and just want watching them champion her and be so invested in what she was doing and you know the things that she was getting and the wins that she had really like for one it made me realize like how wonderful the person that she must be to have left such an impact on these people but also that it can be done yeah 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 so yeah so moved to I moved to LA um it was it was a, interesting though because I left Neighbours wanting to move straight 
to LA. Yeah. But I got pregnant. Had <laughs> old chestnuts. So then oh. um, we, you know, we that was postponed. We had the baby, and then I realised that the things also things weren't hadn't changed in this industry for me here. Yeah. So like, what 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 do you what do you mean? And I guess my. I guess where I'm going with that is there's obviously uh, differences between um, the industry here in Australia as opposed to the industry in, in the US. Obviously, US is bigger, yeah. LA and Hollywood and, and what have you. But when you say the things hadn't changed, what do you mean they hadn't changed? I meant that the the type of roles that I was being asked to, you know, tape for or test for where the same weren't hadn't changed hadn't shifted for pre-neighbors mm. so when I got neighbors one I was relieved that you know I, I could see that I could work as an actor and that was a wonderful training ground but two I was like okay fine I've finally proven to the Australian industry that I uh, I can do it I should be you know I've been a series regular I can do an a storyline I can be you know I, I have the skills to be able to do this further and so usually what happens is once you get that one role, people go, okay, we can see that we can trust you for the lead in our next thing and the next yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that didn't happen. So, the you know, it was still like it was still the similar, not very compelling roles that I was being offered. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, well, what, what was the point of all that if it wasn't going to happen for me? So then yeah. that's where I was like, well, I need to go to LA. I need to see what is out there for me because at that point – the auditions that I was getting for LA were for series regular roles or recurring guest roles, really big meaty roles. Mm. And the ones in Australia were like these one line, you know, one episode, really nothing type roles. So I was like, well, if that's, if, if America sees me as this, let's go there and see if I can get, I can do that there. Isn't that interesting? I wonder, is it because there is so much more diversity in the US in comparison to Australia in terms of just you know, um, both women and men, you know, uh, and th because they do produce big blockbusters mm -hmm. and, you know, the entertainment industry is one of their biggest, you know, industries um, and they, they're constantly looking for for new fresh faces that can act. And I do know that our Australian actors are so well trained mm -hmm. um, and so diverse in, in their roles that they're, they're, they're fantastic. And that's why I think they do so well when they go overseas and they're very humble too. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand because we too here in, in Australia, I, I mean, I, I'm like I said to you earlier, I'm not one of these people that watches a lot of TV. I don't have time. Although I did binge on Netflix series, a Spanish series the other day. It was so it was fantastic. Like you would, your mum would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, I, you know, I do think that we're getting a little bit broader but not broad enough by the sounds of things. We're still trying to stick to the safe safety net of casting a particular type, well, I or you think, want to call it that. Yeah, and I, I know I don't mean to, like, poo-poo on the Australian industry, but... No, but it is She never worked again. No, no, no. No, but, um, no, but it is that thing of, like, I feel like in Australia, and you feel it more, is that it's very conservative in its casting. Like, even not just with diverse actors, but even with white actors, like, you see the same face on everything. And yes, that person is incredible, but it gets kind of boring to see that flavour on everything that you watch. Like sometimes you just want something different to see what that person can do. And look, the same can be said for America, but because there is more money and because there are more people doing it, you've got more of a chance. Mm -hmm. So you do have, you've got your big blockbusters, you've got your network shows, but then you also have those middle of the range people who are doing those sorts of things and your low, low, budget, independent stuff as well. So there's so many opportunities to work. You can really find your feet and find what you're good at. 
So for me, it wasn't until I moved to LA that <clears throat> that I realised I could be out of this. Like uh, in a, in Australia, I was in this box. Mm. I was being seen as, you know, the intellectual, the doctor, the teacher. The mm. there was this specific thing that I was it was never comedy. It was always drama. Mm. But then going to America is when I realised. Oh, I'm no, I'm funny. Yeah, <laughs> really well, like this is I've I can do this and I can do this well. How or, liberating for a crea- as a creative though too. Yeah, yeah, it's like I kind of I found my feet and I found it was like a reawakening or an awakening for me going to LA to kind yeah. of no, I'm good at comedy. Sci-fi is my jam, man. I, know, I read that <laughs> sci-fi. sci-fi I, get into my jam. Dad, I grew up on sci-fi. My dad's Star Trek all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I did a Star Trek Picard episode as well. I got to play an alien. I was bald. It was, like, incredible. And, like, yeah. doing that, working on kids' shows, action, like, all of that stuff I wouldn't have found in me or found my voice more when it comes to the, came to the writing if, it, if I hadn't gone to L.A. and hadn't had those successes that I had. How fantastic. How fantastic. And, like I said, how liberating from a creative sense as well. Okay. And also that, that innate... You know, like I, I guess I'd imagine. I don't know because I'm not in, in. I'm not an actor, but I'd imagine the confidence level of you know going oh, and then going to um, to LA and experiencing all these different roles and rubbing shoulders with all these different actors, famous or not famous, is irrelevant, right? Because I feel like you bounce off each other in that creative realm anyway. But how much that would do not only for your confidence as an actor, but as an individual as well. Because yeah. you do, you spend so much time going, why, why, why? Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not me. I'm actually good at what I do. It's actually just, I just, I'm not in the right place. Yeah. You know, this is where I need to be. So what was the, so what was the first role you, you land when you get to LA? What was it? I don't know. I, I, I did, um, you know. <laughs> I did. I think it was Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines in 2018. I'd gotten really close. It was so funny because we moved to LA and I was like, isn't it ironic that I moved to LA to get a job working in New Zealand, right? I'm going to have to watch Mortal Engines. My sons are going to kill me. What do you mean you haven't seen it? Can you just like not publicly say that? (laughs) Well, it was the biggest box office bomb of 2019 or something. So it didn't do all that well, but, but it did like, it it was, it's disappointing because it was a three picture deal. I would have like, we would have had all these things, but for some reason we were up against like Aquaman or whatever. So it kind of just, the timing was off. Yeah. What's his name? What's the actor of Aquaman? You got nice. Mama. Jason Mama. Yeah, so no, we're, yeah, yeah, exactly. you already lost me. <laughs> you already lost me. But I can't do all for now. So I think I think Mortal Mortal Engines was the first thing that I actually booked because I, I was getting close and close and close for a number of things. Yeah. And then booked that. And that was it was so wonderful to go to New Zealand. This was the biggest thing I'd ever worked on. And it like the, the budget was a hundred million dollars. Far out. I can't even comprehend that. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, what does that mean in terms of filmmaking? When you say $100 million, mm-hmm. like, what's it? It's explosions. It's, yeah, special effects. It's, like, big, big epic sets. It's really good costumes. It's also the luxury of time. Yeah. Because it means that you can spend a day or two days on one scene or one section of a scene. So, okay. and we, you know, we had fight training and stunt training and all of that stuff to do as well because it was an action-heavy so it has to be choreographed a particular one. Exactly. Yeah, so There's a lot of like gray. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, but for that, for it being what it was, it's also the most collaborative set I've worked on. Oh, really? So it was, you know, um, Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh and Philip Boyens, who are the writers and producers on that. You know, they're, 
they're Oscar winners, right? Why don't you just not go there? I mean, just just dropping Peter Jackson, it's like, hello. Yeah. You know, but they're the most approachable people. They were really, I had all these ideas for my character and they were like, yep, we like this, we like that, we're going to do this. Like, and like the level of, it's, it's just surreal, like the level of the resources that they have, because in this, in this movie, it's set in the future. There's all these different like weird languages that we don't, I mean, like the same like Lord of the Rings, all of those made up languages. So I said at one point, like, I think my character should be praying in this particular, you know, praying. Yeah. And they're like, that's, that's really good. They'd be praying in a different language. So we'll get Peter's language girl to like work out something so that you're not just speaking gibberish. And so they came back to me with this prayer that was in this foreign language called Shanguanese, which is a combination of Japanese, Greek, and something else. And they had an actual, it wasn't just, let's just write down some syllables and you just say it. It was like, no, this is, this language girl has created this new language for oh you to do this particular scene. Wow. So, yeah. I had no idea. Ethan, you can do that. Peter can. <laughs> Peter. Good Peter. on you, Peter. We love it. That's, that's, that's incredible. I didn't even know that language existed. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. She's made it, it up. She's made it up for the she's sake put it for the together. this particular world. She's like, okay. I'm going to so use a bit of Greek, bit of, this, just... bit of that, bit of this, and this is where it comes from so that you have an understanding of what it is. How fantastic yeah. to be able to do that and, and for you to go, wow, this is this is incredible. So you do this movie and you're working collaboratively with, with some of the most amazing people in Hollywood mm-hmm. and rubbing shoulders against some of the amazing actors in Hollywood as well. Uh, and dressed in makeup from head to toe, which I'd imagine would take forever to do. Well, mine was actually one of the easiest ones because <clears throat> because we were humans. So I had I had a long week, but apart from that, it was all like it was just normal all makeup, you. all me. I'm gonna have to watch it. <laughs> I apologise for not watching this oh, movie. It's okay. Um, I, I you know like I I'm really intrigued now. I want to see I want to see um what you look like and and watch all the effects and and everything because you, you know what people talk about blockbusters and how much money is spent but you don't uh, talking to someone like you that's actually been a part of it and having a better understanding of wow it's not just what you see on screen it's all this other stuff that goes behind the scenes that we don't have the privilege of seeing so it's great to get an insight of that um, but you also starred in The Knowing with Nicolas Cage and um, and Rose Byrne. How was that? Oh, that was fun. Nicolas Cage and Rose Byrne. Like, she's another Aussie that's just killing it overseas. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah so that, that was done in Melbourne. So I did that before I went over, I think, before Neighbours? Yeah, 2009. So Neighbours was 2011 to 2013. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've had an extensive career. I can't remember everything. You've got, I've got it all here. <laughs> I've got it all here. You've also been support, You've also been nominated for Best Supporting Actress um, at the Maverick Movie Awards in 2012. How was that? That was cool. That was really unexpected. So that, oh, was, really? that was just like an independent film that I did with my friend and then he obviously submitted it to all these festivals and then it's nice to get recognition for what you do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you were also selected for the BAFTA Newcomers Program in 2006. And mm-hmm. I also want to talk to you about your mentor, Gurinder Chatter. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Gurinder Chatter? Gurinder Chatter. And um, so she mentors you with your screen, <laughs> your screenwriting. How was that? Because she's renowned. Oh, it was incredible. So that that was one of the really great positives that came out of Neighbours. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in 2016, you were on Lion. Yes. And Nicole Kidman. Oh my, that's an incredible movie. That's a beautiful, beautiful movie. It was a really special thing to be a part of. And I, so I worked with Nicole. Um, I had a lot of scenes with her and like, oh my God, talking about like an acting masterclass. I think I learned more in the 
in the two days that I worked with her about acting than I had in my entire career. Really? She's just magnificent. To she, watch. Look, she's magnificent on screen, period. Yeah. And I, I could only, and she's, she comes across as such a beautiful human being as yeah. well. Yeah. And she, by sounds of what you're saying, she's, oh, she she's is. Definitely. She's is. ethereal. She's just so, yeah. She looks the, ethereal. She, she looks magical. It's like she's a, like this, this, what's the, um, the 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 good fairy in the Wizard of Oz, you know, where she you know where she comes to the original Wizard of Oz with yeah. Jean Hager, and you know she's all in white. That's what I imagine Nicole Kidman like. If I was an actor, I'd be like, oh, the fairy godmother's here. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like so soft spoken and lovely and just very like light. Yeah, wow. totally. That's so, totally the good witch. Yeah. So you so she she walks you through. Obviously, gives you some 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 tips. Can you share a tip with me? Well, it wasn't even just tips. It was just watching her work and watching her take direction. I think because a lot of things like when you're an actor and you're coming up and you're you're not, you're still establishing yourself. Every time you have a new job, it's like the first day of school again. Like it's really like more more than the craft and the actual work. It's the dynamics of the sess and who you can talk to and things like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. To what and you always like there's this thing in your in your head about always like not getting it wrong. Don't yeah. get it wrong. I don't want to stuff it up and like embarrass myself and these people. I've got to remember my lines. I've got to do this. And so watching her take direction and watching her just kind of go, there was a couple of notes that, that the, the Garth, that the director had for her in our scenes. Yeah. And watching her just process it and going, okay, well, I, I'll have that in my mind, but I'm, I don't know where it's going to go. Let's just see what happens. But that, that let's, let's just see what happens is where the magic happens, right? Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. Planning and preconceiving what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So to have to watch this wonderful, award-winning, revered actor just go, I'm not making any promises. Let's see. I'll take that direction. Let's just see what happens. Like I think it was so liberating to see. Yeah, absolutely. And especially as a young actor too, mm-hmm. for yourself, you know, watching as you referred to it before, almost like the master in in and going and, and seeing her kind of being a bit almost nonchalant about it mm-hmm. is is actually a really good, really really great for for you as yeah. well to experience as well. And and working with uh, Dev Patel, he's he's incredible, isn't he? He is. I'm a huge fan. I didn't get to work with him though because my story was. Like when he was young, so I got to work with his like his younger counterpart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I saw him around and was like, (laughs) "Did you say hello?" Um, I didn't get a chance to say hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's 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 an incredible actor. I I really I I really admire some of the work that he's done and Mm -hmm. some roles that he's taken. Um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, so then you come back to Australia. Come back to Australia. Yes. No, and now you're working on your own stuff, which I I was I was reading this uh, the other day, um, and it's an interview on Film Inc. So you guys can go on and have and have a read. It's actually quite funny, <laughs> and I actually love that you that it's yeah. It, is it Yasmin Kasim? Yes. Um, you you you've screenwrite wrote this role which kind of depicts your life and your journey in this whole um industry a little bit doesn't it yeah um and it's a bit funny and it's a bit quirky and i love it but it was it shot in la it was shot in la so the story behind to the death um is that the one thing about the australian industry what it was like when before i you know moved back so seven years ago it always, because it was, you know, it's such a small industry and because the diversity hasn't really, you know, wasn't really there when I was here, it really felt like all of these, the the roles that you would be up for for the South Asian character, it was you, it was, you were one of five people who would have got it. Okay. So it really, 
And Yasmin was one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could just you listen to me. You talk about how you'd see each other, not like each other. Or just yeah. well, room and go, well, no, I don't, I don't know. Like you, you're going to take my role. So it really, because it was so small and the opportunities were so limited and few and far between, it really fostered this idea of competitiveness and that we, we can't be friends. And so we carried that attitude, you know, went about our day. But then funnily enough in LA at a random improv class, <laughs> Yasmin's there. And I'm like, oh, I got the brown Australian in this class. <laughs> so it was, we got to actually know each other as people and realised that, well, you're actually a wonderful person and, we're, and you're funny and I'd love to work with you. And so our first cl- collaboration was this about two South Asian actors in LA who have to fight to the death for a role because it's, physically impossible to have more than one brown person on a show. So Which is sort of sort of not true, but is a little it, bit. It's not true, but it's kind of it's a cathar- it was a cathartic thing to do because yeah. I feel like it's all of those traumas and experiences you have. One as an actor who you were just expected day after day to just walk into these rooms, just lay your soul bare <laughs> at the feet <laughs> of these decision makers and pick yourself up and walk out and do it again, right? Like yeah. we all feel like that. Yeah, we all yeah, feel yeah, like we're yeah. at the mercy of these people. Yeah. But then as a brown actor as well, it's just even it's, more heightened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we took all of those frustrations and wrote it into what we hope is a funny and poignant and <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Because I think it's it's hilarious. Just reading this interview with Ruben Stojanovic, um, I, I just was like like, oh my God, this is hilarious. But this is this would be really, really funny because I think it also depicts a lot of a lot of people in the industry that are like fighting to be if it was if the role's about a ballerina and you know there's only one ballerina who's gonna get and all of a sudden there's all this one like looking gorgeous girls that uh, you know go for this ballerina. Um, I think it, it touches on a, on a lot of things, and also I think for you and what 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 I know about you um, is you know how you're 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 actually striving to tra- change that part of the industry and and encourage more diversity and mm. more inclusivity, and I think that's super super important, especially here in Australia, because you're right, we're we're very safe. I'm going to use the term safe because I feel like you know um, with the Vegemite sandwich kids you know we want things safe yeah you know I don't know yet I need to try it first if it tastes good all right I'll I'll go back but I'm still unsure so I feel like um what you're doing and shaking up the industry and 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 showcasing something like this is that's quite true and very very relevant is fantastic because you're also part of um you're part of the uh, equity diversity committee and welcome Australia Mm -hmm. um and that that's kind of um resonates with a lot of people that have got a very similar story to yours that are in this industry as well. Yeah. And and being able to see this movie um, and showcase some of those, you know, those funny topical issues um, that, that can affect, you know, um, your life in general and your, your, your confidence and, you know, your self-worth and possibly even your career where, you know, I'd imagine a lot of young actors would go, well, maybe this is just not for me and, and go and, and become an accountant yeah. afterwards, you know? <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? You can't be what you can't see. No, that's right. So, and especially now that I've got children, like I really want to help make that experience for the people coming up the ranks to kind of go, no, you can, you can do whatever you want. And really when it came to writing, like I really fell into it because there was a sense of I, I wanted to empower myself because yeah, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to sit by the phone and wait for someone else to write me the role that I wanted to play. So, well, why can't I write it myself? You know? yeah, so yeah. that's where I kind of fell into writing is through that. And I think there is so much 
empowerment and so much to be said for writing what you want to see and helping to contribute to the industry in that way. Yeah, 100%. And your relationship with Jasmine is quite a unique one because you both connect on that entertainment level, but you also, you know, uh, connect obviously being from different cultural backgrounds as well and having, you know, some of that cultural stigma around as well. How did you guys find, I mean, I'd I'd imagine it'd be even funnier, like, because you'd be able to... Um, connect on so many different levels when you were when you were writing this because I read here you were sending each other's ideas and yeah we should do this and we should do that how did how, how long did it take you to write this uh, this script and um, and how was it working with what you once I don't want to use the word nemesis because she wasn't your nemesis <laughs> but your your um, what's the word what's the word, what's the right word I'm looking for your fellow act. <laughs> rival, rival, friendly rival. Yes. How was it working together? Oh, it was really, it was really fun. It was actually really easy to write with her. Like we, she's such a funny girl, and so I feel like our writing process, it was, it was quick. <laughs> I think it was really quick because we had a lot to say, we had so many ideas about it. But also, we wanted to because we were both, um, because we we're both like uh, we, we love comedy, yeah, and we both were trained and we have martial arts training and and fight training. It was like, well, wouldn't it be fun to write a funny? a funny script that had fighting in it so we could be our own Marvel superheroes. Oh, so that's kind of where it started from. That's, I love that. And then it kind of just evolved and became the thing that it was. And our, and our director is Rose McIver, who is a Kiwi actress who's doing really well in the States at the moment. Yeah, yeah. She's on a show called Ghost, which is like the number one um, show on CBS. And so she's a director now as well. And so having her input was wonderful. So it really evolved quite naturally and organically and quite quickly actually I think we wrote it in May and then we shot it in June yeah oh wow that's very quick yeah we wrote it in May and shot it in June yeah that's like a month away yeah usually isn't it like a, at least three or four months oh it takes for it sometimes, can take yeah. sometimes I think the stars just aligned with this yeah, and it also was it was meant to be and then Rose was heading off to do I think season three of Ghosts or season two so she had to be in Toronto so we we had a you know, we had a limited time frame to get it done. So it just, and it was, it's the wonderful thing about being in LA as well, is that you've got the crew and the cast all came together. We had a celebrity trainer. <laughs> you do. Five Z-Gonzers. <laughs> you do. Um, so it just, everyone just happened to be available at this particular time. So it all just, it all just worked. I feel like when you talk about uh, LA, you also talk about the energy with, you know, just as like, okay, let's do this. And yeah. everyone just pulls in and comes together. Yeah. I don't think we, I don't think that happens here in, in Melbourne. That's oh. one thing that's been really hard for me to get um, used to is how laid back we are here. I, I'm so I, – I think I thrive in that hustle environment and there's one thing about LA, it's very, very hustle, hustle, hustle. So it is, yeah. It's competition. It's competition. I like competition. I know people, you know, have got very different ideas, but I think competition is – healthy competition is mm. healthy. Yeah. I think it's good. I think we uh, – we, 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 push ourselves to be the better even better mm-hmm. and just when you think oh I can't and you just push yourself I mean you wouldn't have gone to LA had you not kind of um gone through what you went through here you you know and I think there's nothing wrong with it and I I, I love the idea of you know come on let's do this let's let's take a chance you know and what's the worst that can happen it's yeah. either going to work or it's not you know I feel that uh I feel that and I'm going to say it Melbourne you're missing this you know, I, I do, honestly do. In my creative industry, uh, it is sometimes frustrating because you kind of sit there and you're like, 
what's going on? Why is everyone half asleep? Why aren't you guys getting this? And I don't know whether it's um, the fact that uh, we're COVID tired. I'm mm-hmm. using that as an excuse. Yeah. Um, or the fact that, you know what, we're just, we're not into it, which is okay, you know. But it's great that you can go overseas and pick that up and bring it back here um, and and kind of and and push forward with what you what you stand for and 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 try and shake up the industry. Mm-hmm. What are your future plans? World domination. <laughs> I'm the, I'll be, uh, uh, I'd be a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. World uh, domination sounds good. Yeah, you know, sleep's overrated, right? Uh, yeah, no, my mum. Who's who sleeps? Who sleeps? Because you've got two gorgeous boys. We're talking about boys. this before, and I was saying how um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'd do if I had a daughter. <laughs> Although my mum seems to think different. But how old are your boys now? My boys are almost ten and almost four. Almost ten, almost four. They're a good age. Mm-hmm. I'm past that age now. Yeah, one's an adult. Um, and one thinks he's an adult, but he's not an adult yet. <laughs> so he's in that beautiful ripe age of. 15 going on to, I'm getting my learners, Maria. Wow. Which car am, am I going to practice in? Wow. So, no ones. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's an interesting dynamic too because right through this entire career, mm-hmm. you've managed to have two beautiful children. Children, yeah. And, and, and a husband that is obviously super supportive. <laughs> You know, it's um, the day you married me. Oh, I married an actor. Why did I do that? For? Oh no, it's fun. Mm. You get to, hey, you get to role play. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how, just as a busy mum, and mm-hmm. I completely understand. You know, being a mother myself, like how do you make it all work? Honestly, and all the travel, and now you've come back to Melbourne for good, or is it just a little while? We're well, we're seeing how we go. I think we yeah. are going to base ourselves in Melbourne because all of our family is here. So yeah. when it does come to the times that I have to travel, like it's been a lot easier to have that family support because we didn't have that in LA, and yeah, so it yeah, was yeah. an extra level of of complication whenever I was working or I had meetings and. And my husband's an engineer, right? So he doesn't he doesn't love like it when things change. <laughs> Does your dad love that he's an engineer? <laughs> was the apparently that's the best decision I've ever made. My of parents are like, you know, they've you've done one thing right, you've made an, married an engineer. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks. That's um, good. But yeah, so my husband doesn't like chaos, but my life is chaos. Oh, I love that. So that's a balance. That's the yin and the yang. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. So we're back in Melbourne and then the I, the plan is that I can travel. I've got the freedom to travel as I as I need to for work and for things like that. And then we have the grandparents who can look after the kids and stuff. Hey, I'm all about the parents. Mm-hmm. I'm all about having a community. It takes a community to raise children. Yeah. People. It's not just the mother and father. I, and I put my hand up and go, no, I'm not Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be Wonder Woman without my 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 parents and my husband's parents and the neighbours and everyone else who wants to lend a I don't yeah. need them now. <laughs> they're all good. They're off driving uh, now. No. Yeah, yeah, they're all driving. They're fine. Now my, my oldest has become the chauffeur to the youngest. It's not like, perfect. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> yeah, best. Anything. It's the best. But um, I completely understand how important it is to have that support um, around you, mm-hmm. you know, to, to raise kids and to give them a bit of uh, foundation and security. And you feel at ease too, knowing, okay, mum's got the kids or, yeah. you know, such and such has got the kids. It's, it's fine. It's not some random babysitter or, you know, you're having yeah. to really worry about that stuff. I think as well, like, um, 
we always struggle, I think, being in being in this industry and being a woman. You know, I've had a lot, a lot of friends ask me or kind of have that question of when to have children mm. and how it can affect your career. And the fact that, you know, friend for a while there, when we did move to LA, I was wondering like, oh, is this too late for me now? Like I've got a kid and that and this, that, the other. But honestly, having children complicated and simplified my life all in one. You know, Why is that? Because you get to choose. You, well, you don't. All of that, all of the yeah. noise that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's there kind of falls away and it really helps you to hone in on what it is that you want to do with your life and what it is you want to achieve because you don't have time. That's you right. don't have time to sit and ponder and, and think about an audition that went wrong because I've got to feed my kid, right? So it yeah. really grounds you in that. Yeah. And yeah, so I, yeah. I found that I, I think I'm more driven now that I have children, but also it's that idea of I'm raising two boys. I want to give them that example of, well, mum, mum busted her ass, man. <laughs> she had these dreams and she busted her ass to get there. So hopefully that will translate to them when they're older and they come up against adversities in whatever chosen path that they have that was like, well, mum never gave up. Yeah, she picked yeah. herself up and went and did it again and again and again until she got what she wanted. So exactly, yeah. And also, I think it also teaches them the quality, you know, of you know, it's of being a mother, a working mother, um, and you know, still having that nurturing side and and putting aside time for the family, but also like being as dominant and driven as dad, for example. Yeah, you know, I think that's um, and you can only lead by example as well. You yeah. Know? Um, which is great, and you know what? Having uh, having boys that are grown now, they they do store it, and they mm-hmm. they 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 bring it up, you know, um, and they bring it up in moments where you least expect them. You go, yeah. oh, yeah, I've been watching all these years. I thought you were just playing PlayStation, <laughs> <laughs> but you've actually been observing and and taking it. It is. I think it's. I think it's great. Um, so what's on the cards for you? So we're doing the – when does this come out here in Australia? Well, we're still doing the festival run with To The Death. Um, it's going to be – it's made it into uh, the LA Shorts International Film Festival in a couple of weeks, and that's an Academy Award and BAFTA qualifying festival. Oh, my God. So we're a little bit chuffed about that. Yeah, a little bit chuffed. A bit chuffed. massive. Yes. That's um, massive. I'm heading over to LA for, for that uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Oh my gosh, that's incredible! Yeah, oh my god, that is that is such a huge accomplishment for something that was like, oh, let's just do this. Yeah, and then you know, baby, I said, oh, the stars aligned. Yes, so there you go. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations on Thank that one. You. I hope it does really, really well. I'm Thank sure you. it will. And yeah. it sounds hilarious. It does. Um, and because when I I was trying to find a clip on it on on um, on Google, so I kept. Googling to the death, to the death, and I kept getting all these other random things that I'm like, ah, oh, I can't. But I'm, I can't wait for it to come out. I will watch it when it comes yeah. out because it sounds like it's going to be a hoot. And you know, it, like I said earlier, it touches on a few kind of issues there that I think, you know, they're little, they're still a bit subliminal, but they need to come up to the surface, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we need to talk about them, and we need to be a little bit more diverse, um, and and a bit more inc- inclusive in in who we're choosing, and like you said earlier, and what have you. So you, that's you're going up to LA for that. Going up to LA for that. And then, so I've really enjoyed working with Yasmin. So we've got a bunch of projects now on our slate that we're developing. Um, Next up is a Christmas movie in Australia. So we're just um, working on that and hopefully taking meetings at the moment and Hopefully we'll have some good news very soon. Oh my gosh, the, the Christmas in Australia. <clears throat> yeah, because also we've um. Sorry, excuse me. No, no, go for it. <clears throat> yeah, Christmas in Australia because Yasmin and I, 
because we've had the experience of being in LA and how obsessed with Christmas movies everyone in America is. They are. They're more obsessed with here. Is it because it snows? Yeah, because it's snowing. It's still snowing in LA. But it's all the Christmas movies are about it being a snowy whatever. And I'm like, but half the world has Christmas and it's hot. And we're at the beach. There's budgie smugglers. That's strong. Right. All that kind of stuff. I'm like, wouldn't it be great to kind of showcase what Australia has to offer? Yeah. Um, when it comes to Christmas movies, but also have that South Asian spin on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, like, to me, it's not Christmas without my uncle's prawn curry, right? <laughs> doesn't feel like Christmas without that. Oh, there you go. So what was your typical Christmas growing up in Australia? Um, it was, well, a lot of my dad's family are in Melbourne. So we would do, we'd go to church, midnight mass, and then we'd come back, open our presents. And then we'd all usually go to an uncle or auntie's house for Christmas lunch, which yeah. was at about three o'clock in the afternoon and kind of yeah. just went. You know, went on forever. Went on forever. And it was, it was more curries. So it was all, you know, it was yellow rice. It was my uncle's oh, prawn nice. curry. It was all kinds of curries. So it wasn't until I met my husband that I had this like traditional Australian kind of Yes, your husband Australian. He's Australian. Okay, so that's complex turkey. Ham. Yeah, turkey ham, like this whole turkey thing. I hadn't had turkey until I met him. I'm like, I'm like, how was that? <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> He probably said the same thing about you. He turned up to your place with a where's a turkey? (laughs) It was a bit hot and spicy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So okay, that's what that that that, I mean, we're my husband and I are both the same nationality and Christmas we celebrate two Christmas. So we celebrate the Orthodox Christmas, (laughs) which is a week after the Christmas. Because we just can. And all, and we just eat on both. Oh, so yeah. you know, like Aussie Christmas, we call it Aussie Christmas because that we've because we've got a lot of um, so the family's all mixed up. So we've got you know family that celebrates Aussie Christmas, which is the ham, mm-hmm. and the turkey, and then of course then we go to an uncle's or a cousin's house and then have the traditional Eastern European food, which is just more meat. Yes. Right. And, you know, more vodka. And we just drink and eat until we can't drive. Then we comatize for about an hour and then we get up and leave. Yeah. (laughs) So it is very different. And depending on the weather, if it's really, really, really hot, then we go to the house that has the best air conditioning system. Otherwise, no go. No one's cooking. No, 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 no. Yeah. So. But it is Aussie Christmas is very different yeah. to overseas Christmas because LA, you're right. I mean, I've never said ce- I'd like to go and celebrate Christmas in the US just to just see what it's like, have it, have snow and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. It is really beautiful because we did, I've done Christmas in London and I've done New York, I've done LA and there is something because you're brought up on all of those things, like having the snow and having the twinkly lights and the Christmas tree in the front yard and things like, you know, in the window so you can see it from the street. It, it is really romantic when you do see it. Really? It's so cool because it isn't like you're just not, it's such a foreign concept to kind of go, oh, I'm in a movie. You're walking through. Say it's as big as what they put out in the movies. Like when you watch yeah. a Christmas movie that's made overseas, yes. it's like, you know, the house is all lit up, the trees are all lit up, there's Christmas decorations yeah. for days. It's, it's like that in real Americans life. love a holiday. Every holiday. Like they actually have, <laughs> this is the one thing we really struggled to get our head around. It was, they have decorations or even like furnishings for the house, depending on the season. Like you have your autumnal stuff that <laughs> comes out when it's autumn. So you have your orange cushions or your, you know, your fall leaves and your all your little like things that you put up in your house that signifies that 
time of the year. So then you pack that all away for Christmas and then you have spring and then you have Easter and you have Thanksgiving. They love a holiday. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're behind the able. <laughs> We're the same. Yeah. Same furniture right yeah. through the year. Might bring a pot plant, maybe a fruit platter in summer. Yeah. That's it. Got to say, I love Halloween in LA. Oh, really? They get into it. So like the decorations in the on out on the streets and in everyone's front yard is insane. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I've not ex- I've, I've been overseas a couple of times, but I've not experienced. Oh, actually, no, I lie. I experienced 4th of July in New York, mm-hmm. and that was massive. That was, like, big. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and so it should be. But other than that, I have not experienced any other holiday. I'm intrigued now. I really want to go and yeah. experience. Halloween would be a great one because they would so have – because you see the stuff on social media now, all these celebrities, and they have these Halloween parties, and they're, like, so extra. Mm-hmm. We can't even be bothered putting a mask on our face. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. You know, there's a, there's another there's another movie right there. Yeah, an Aussie in the US and just Hello. kind of yeah, and just kind of going through the holiday the holiday season. Mm. You know, um, and just depicting all those different things. That's fantastic. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Oh, thank you. Um, you've given me such great insight on your world and the world of um, entertainment, both here and overseas. I'm excited to see what you're going to do next. I'm excited to see how the industry is changing. Although it's a little bit slow here in in, in the land of Oz, we're getting there. You yeah. know, we're slowly getting there. And I think people like yourself and and Jasmine, or Yasmin, I, I want to say Jasmine, but it's Yasmin, isn't it? Yasmin. With a Y. Um, uh, are actual great role models for the younger generation of actors coming through for the younger entertainers. And you know what? And for women um, of of different cultural backgrounds to, you know, like keep at it, keep pushing and 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 strive. And I think you've done an, a magnificent job. Oh, um, and I'm super excited to see all your next projects <laughs> come to life. Um, and I'd love to have you back and chat with you some more. Oh, I'd love to come. And, um, and, and, you know, take us on a journey, on an acting entertainment journey. And all the best for fighting to the death. Thank you. Right. Thank I hope you. you'll win that award. Thank you. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. But, yeah, keep me posted. Keep me posted. Will do. And thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. It's been great.